You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1 Network production. Gosh, I, I don't know if I could have more fun than what I'm about to do. I get to talk about one of my passions, bison football. I get to talk to an entrepreneur. I just love talking to entrepreneurs. They make the world go round for, for all of us. And then to top it off, we have a, a real similar connection in radio. I used to manage radio stations and Cole uh, does play by play and color analysis for the NDSU Bison. So it just, it just couldn't get any better than this. So I'm excited to say, Cole Jurek, it's great to see you. Welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends. How are you? I'm doing good, Mike. Thanks for thanks for having me. Excited to ha- have a conversation. I, I always love talking about uh, about business, about bison football, and everything else out there. So I'm excited to have a conversation today. You know, I did a, a little bit of research uh, on you, and it actually have a lot in common with Joe Mauer. You were a, a three-sport athlete, real good in hockey and baseball, and and football growing up in Northfield, Minnesota, just a beautiful, beautiful city, in my opinion. As you were uh, in your high school years and playing all three of those sports, did you eventually know, I mean, even before you got to the end of maybe even your junior year, that football probably would be the one that might take you to somewhere after high school? Yeah, I would say probably after my sophomore year of high school, honestly, probably after my sophomore uh, football season of high school, I had a pretty good idea that um, I was going to be a, a, a decently talented football player. And I had an opportunity to probably uh, play at the next level uh, if I wanted to. I ended up starting varsity um, a, as a sophomore in three sports, football, hockey and baseball. But football for me was the one I was able to excel probably the most in and, and have the most success and, and and realize with with my size being you know gifted to be six foot five that's that always helps things a little bit it was it was going to definitely help uh football in, in in a way of of developing and we had a great coach in Bubba Sullivan that had really good relationships and he kind of came with, with colleges came up to me after after that season and said hey like this is probably going to be uh uh, an avenue you can pursue at, at the college level if that's something that you want to. And that's probably when it first clicked for me is like, hey, if I if I keep putting the work in, uh, I might have an opportunity to get some some preschooling and, and have an opportunity to play college college football. <laughs> I, I'm chuckling because six foot five played ho- hockey, football and, and baseball. By the way, were you always a, a defensive end or, or line defensive lineman in high school? Uh, for the most part, I played a little bit of linebacker my senior year. Uh, I also played uh, tight end on the offensive side of the ball as well. Okay. Um, so I kind of kind of played wherever I was needed. My senior year, I'd moved to linebacker because I, I was playing defensive end. They just kept running away from me. So I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't able to do a whole lot. So I moved me to the middle of the field so I can make a few more plays. Well, the reason, again, the reason I was chuckling, chuckling earlier is that there was probably a a, a statewide sigh of relief when you decided to focus on football, not hockey, because somebody six foot five on hockey skates comes out on the ice. That's <laughs> going to scare the crap out of a lot of hockey players. So that's, yeah. that's probably just, just as well. Right. Exactly. And so how, how did NDSU come into your line of sight during, during the recruiting process? And obviously other schools had an interest in you. How did you end up selecting NDSU and Fargo? Um, honestly, the first time I or first interaction I actually probably ever had with NDSU was on a, a recruiting trip to the University of Minnesota when when they were playing NDSU. 
uh, NDSU came to town and and beat them. And I was like, who is who's this school up north? What is this? What is this NDSU? Where, where's this Fargo town? And uh, that was kind of my first introduction with 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 the school there. And, and from that point, I got contacted for some coaches and stuff, and and came up for for camp and and, and spent uh, spent a couple of days in Fargo working out for coaches and doing things and. Um, Scotty Hazelton was my, the, the guy recruiting me, uh, he's over at uh, Michigan state right now as a DC, he's been all over the place, an unbelievable person, unbelievable coach. And, um, I had some other opportunities to play at other places, but honestly, Scott, Scotty Hazelton was probably the most honest coach, honest person and through the whole process with me. And I felt unbelievably comfortable with him and the program out at North Dakota state that coach bull had running at the time. And, you know, there were some down years. My first year here was three and eight. The year I was getting recruited, there were six and five and, uh, one of the biggest really reasons I wanted to come to NDSU was to win national championships and compete for championships. And obviously that's something they hadn't done at that point, had done prior and had some good teams, 10 and one seasons prior to that, but weren't eligible for the playoffs due to the transfer or the, the move up. And I, I just felt like there was, there was something going on here with the recruiting class we were bringing in with, with the coaching staff that was there that I was just like, Hey, by the time I leave NDSU, we're going to win a championship. We're, we're, we're going to get one done. Well, little did I know we're maybe get three, you know, in my <laughs> career, but uh, that, that was a big part of it was, was Scotty was, was an unbelievable recruiter coach and person that, that, that got me to, to NDSU. And then the, the people that were here when I got to visit the, the players here and everybody around it, I was like, this is, this is a family. This is where I want to be. And it just felt so much different than every other institution I went to. I got to go back to the Gopher Bison game. Now, was that the one in the dome or the one at Twin City Federal? That was at the dome. Yeah. That was when Tyler Roll was running all over. I think he ran oh, for like man. 300 yards or whatever. And that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, we we were there. Family was there, and and my brother-in-law Chad Stark was the guy up. You know, we were in the second deck, whatever it was. He was the one that would lead the cheer, and that's another Bison for first down. He was so loud. He got people so amped up. <laughs> you you would have thought that this was a home game for the Bison because he just did. I think he lost his voice for about a week. That was really a pretty special. Of course, we went to the next one. Well, the next one you played in, right? Yep, yep. The next yeah. one I would have played in. That was the cool part about both those games. Is is Bison Nation absolutely showed up to both of them. But there was thirty thousand people in the Metrodome when I was there, and I'm like this is ridiculous. Like this is supposed to be a gopher home game. There's 30,000 yellow, yellow, you know, t-shirts and jerseys running around here screaming for the other team. And I was like, that, that kind of opened my eyes up. And then uh, obviously the, the, the fan base here is unbelievable. And, and when I got to play down in the cities, uh, the fan base showed up again and probably split the stadium 50, 50, if not more NDSU fans. And uh, that, that makes the world a difference in those games for sure. I could ask you a million questions about the time that, that you played at, NDSU because I probably didn't miss a home game. We used to come over for all of them from Bismarck, but you played in national championships against Sam Houston twice mm -hmm. and, and then Towson had some other incredible football games like against Kansas State. And that's one I want to ask because you played in, in that game too, right? Yep. I I read one of Colpac, well, I read all of Jeff's books. And he talked specifically about that game and something Coach Kramer did. And when I read that, I just couldn't believe it. So he had checked the weather forecast, knew it was going to be hot and humid. It's in August. And so he added salt to your diet. He he'd, he'd give you chicken soup with salt. 
He'd give you chips. He'd put salt in your gate. He'd put salt in everything. And that turned out to be a difference maker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think all, all summer long, we knew going into Manhattan, Kansas in, in late August, it was going to be hot. Um, and I, I don't know if we thought it was going to be as hot as it ended up being that day. It was definitely a, a, definitely a hot, humid night. I know any, any fan that's there definitely remembers that because they were soaked in, soaked in sweat in the stands. But yeah, Jim Kramer did a great job of you know, adjusting our run times during the summertime, make sure we're running during the heat. You know, we didn't have AC in the weight room at that time either. Uh, so that was a, that was a whole nother story um, around that world where the, the weight room was, was really hot and then kind of, it wasn't even just the week leading up. It was weeks leading up to uh, that, that, that game that we were, we were salting the Gatorade. We were doing different things to make sure that uh, we were properly hydrated. And I think at the end of that game, NDSU had zero players cramp and, and Kansas State had multiple players cramp. And uh, Jim Kramer was definitely a, a, a large reason for that, that situation. He's a legend, isn't he? He is an absolute legend. Uh, honestly, I, I'm on the sidelines uh, for, for all the games. And sometimes I see Coach Kramer out there and I still get a little nervous around him. I'm like, is he going to make me run or push ups or did I do something wrong? Did I, did I, was I late for lift? Like he just, he, he's just, he's got an aura around him and he's such a, he's such a special human. He, he absolutely changed my life for the for the better. The way he runs his operation and uh, NDSU was absolutely blessed to, to be able to to get him here and, and and have him here for the the amount of time that he's been here. And the day that he leaves and retires and or goes somewhere else will will definitely be a sad day. But man, Jim Kramer is 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 the epitome of Bison football for sure. Well, based on what you're doing with your dynasty training, maybe you're the guy that would t- take his his role. And I don't know. Well, if I'm going to come back to that. Years. I'm going to come back to that, but. Did he in part have an influence on your decision to open up your business because of the, you know, the connection between training, endurance, all of that? Was he pretty influential in that decision for you? A little bit, definitely. Just my time at NDSU and time I spent in the weight room with with, with Jim Kramer uh, and the things I learned uh, were just invaluable lessons that I wanted to to, to try to give back and, and help younger athletes out with with the opportunity to. To develop their 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 bodies, their their offseason habits, their strength training, speed training programs through through the high school level and middle school level, and and give these kids kind of a look into what we did in, in college. Obviously, uh, on on a different scale in high school, you can't do some of the same things with with those athletes. But he definitely had a huge influence on how I how I work with athletes, interact with them, and and, and how I kind of view that that whole industry. Hmm. Well, we'll come back to that because that. I, I like hearing about people and their businesses, especially when it has to do with health. I'm I'm a big health guy, Cole. We're we're now in uh, playoff football season, and I've I've always been curious uh, about this. It's kind of a two part question. As a student at NDSU and a football player, you, you almost have two full time jobs for the course of four to five months. So one question will be, how did you balance that as a student and, and the athlete? And then this, the other question will be at playoff time, especially at the level of play that the Bison are in. I mean, other than maybe the coaches, almost everyone at this time of year has some kind of a ding, has something that they're dealing with because it is, it is sometimes a violent sport. How do you how do you do as an individual say I got to get through this and then what's the team 
synergy like in terms of helping guys get through that? That's a, a long question for both of my apologize, but go for it. All good. Um, I mean, for, for the school side of things, I mean, just the structure that's set up for NDSU, they do a great job with academic advisors and tutors and, and there are certain situations if, if, if needed for, for certain athletes to, to make sure, because, because academics do come first. You, you've got to be academically eligible to be able to get on the football field and, and guys got to get to class and do different things. And, and it's really not just the football season. It's, it's, it's year round. Cause when we get out of football, there's, there's now, now there's weight training with Jim Cramer two, two times a day being near uh, every day of the week. And then there's spring ball that, that comes upon us. And, and then obviously we get into the summertime where a lot of us will work, work a job as well as work with Cramer in, in, in the summer. So it, it just becomes a, 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 a way that you got to find a structure, whatever works for you. You got to find a way to set your schedule of, Hey, I'm going to wake up in here. I got 5.30 a.m. workouts. I got this, this, this. Here's my schools. Here's where I can get my studies done. Here's, hey, it's it's 2.30. It's time to go to football. And, and from 2.30 probably to 7, it's, it's it's football time. And then after that, get your studies done uh, that, that you have to prepare for, for you know, tests or assignments, whatever you have to do. And then make sure you're getting in the, the cafeteria and getting enough food in you. So I just think they do a good job of of the seniors kind of lead the, lead the younger guys. Seniors, juniors have, have great leadership that are, are have been through before. It's like, hey, this is how you probably should structure your day. This is how you should probably structure your school schedule. Hey, it's football season. Let's not take 17 credits. Let's maybe take 12. Let's take a little bit lighter workload. Let's let's be smart about things. So they do a great job during that stuff to, to put you in a good spot. And then um, to touch on playoffs, yeah, but I mean, you get about two weeks into the season, your body's already starting to hurt and fall apart. It, it's it's a violent, violent game. I mean, you got three weeks of fall camp going against some of the best players in FCS football, you know, day in, day out, that you're going to get dinged up a little bit before the season even starts. Um, so a, a, as it goes along, you get your bye week, that helps a little bit. And then you get the playoff bye week. And uh, that, that's that, that's, a, that's a big week just to be like, man, I, I need to take a few less hits and, and try to get some things healed up. But there's almost nobody that's you know playing significant playing time at this point of the season that doesn't have something wrong with them. Uh, doesn't have a, a, a you know a, a bruise here, a bang there, a, you know a shoulder, a finger, a hand, a knee. There, there's something going on with everybody, and um, I, I think that's what maybe makes it easier to go out there every day. It's it's not just you dealing with something; it's it's everybody's dealing with with aches and pains and injuries. So there's probably you know, five, six guys playing right now on this team that that'll probably have to get an offseason surgery. They'll, they'll probably playing through something right now that that will require surgery at the end of the year. And, that, and that's pretty common. I think my senior year, we had eight guys get surgery after the season and uh, football is a violent game. It's never going to change. It's always going to be that way. And um, I don't, but that's part of what, what what you love about the sport is is it is violent and it, and it takes a lot to, to be able to play and put to put the time and put the work in to get there. But um, I, I think you don't want to let your teammates down. You know they're going through the same thing, and that what's maybe makes it easier to show up every day for practice, definitely on Saturdays. I, I I just have to say this, with based on what you just said, every player and every team knows that. And then when you see an an intentional cheap shot, like like we all saw last week, mm-hmm. I was really impressed for the most part, how reserved the players were. And then the immediate leadership that the coach showed going over, and then he brought all the guys together. Uh, that, that, that place could have exploded. That, that, that was one of the cheapest shots I've ever seen. A guy's down and he drills him in the back and man, oh man, oh man. I just, and then they didn't even 
see it. They, they didn't call it, which was really frustrating. And so there was some interesting language in the Fargo Dome last week, to say the least. <laughs> You're not so, wrong not, <laughs> so let's talk about as we kind of start to transit transition to what you're what you're doing now the uh, 1660 bison and you've been uh, on that team is this your third year or second this is my third year of doing sidelines this is like my sixth year of doing uh work for them i did pregame and postgame prior to that and i've done some other other, other different uh things for them so that i did the the COVID season and then last year and this year. So, so how are you liking it? How did you, how did you, how did you get the gig and how do you prepare for it? I, I love it so far. Sorry, my dog is whining and trying to get out right now. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh, he's a, he's kind of a little bit of a mutt. He's a little bit of everything. So uh, just a little guy, but no, uh, for the 1660 gig, um, Jeff Cohane kind of, kind of had approached me about it. I was doing, doing work for them uh, on that side of things. And um, they, they wanted a guy doing pre and post game. And Christian Dudzik was actually doing it before. He's actually working with me at my at, at Dynasty Performance. And he actually moved back uh, back to Nebraska to be closer to home. And they, they reached out to me and said, hey, is this something you'd be interested in? And I, I was like, man, I love talking football. I love NDSU football. Definitely definitely some interest in that world. Um, I'd love to I'd love to help you guys out where, where, where possible. And uh, started doing pregame show, started doing postgame show, and um, kind of evolved into to more and more. And then the, the sideline role opened up, and and they reached out and said, "Hey, is this something that you want to do?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I'd love to." And and got started with that. And now I'm working. Uh, I was working with Phil Hans and Jeff Cohen at the time. And and now if Jeff uh, took off to, to Florida State. And it's Rob Hip, myself, and and Phil Hansen. And it's it's been a lot of fun to 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 go to every single NDSU game. The only one I missed was Macomb this last year. Um, yeah, I was going to visit a different coach down at LSU and, uh, it, it, it's cool. It's, it's fun to see the guys, not, not a lot has changed. The, the, the program is what it is. Guys buy into the bison culture and it's, it's fun to see that. And it's fun just to talk NDSU football. The, the help me understand something, the bison culture, you know, a lot of times that's a direct reflection uh, of a head coach, but you kind of can't say that because you know the second run the, the last one was mid late 80s early 90s and then you know now since the 2011 season and the first national championship was 2012 right yeah yeah you were on that team and so that's that's quite a run but that's three different head coaches about the only really you know consistent coach in there is coach Kramer so how how would it how, how did the team and the system maintain that culture? Is it part student, part Kramer? Help me understand that. Yeah. I think when, when you come to NDSU, you look at the history and tradition of, of NDSU football, uh, and it's been passed down for for, for decades, for, for a really long period of time. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to talk to players from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, 90s, early 2000s. And and, and one thing was constant with all those teams that were successful was it was, it was, you know, player led leadership, you know, really good coaching staffs, obviously around the really good leaders from the head coach position. But I, I think you don't really have a, a true leadership unless your players are players are kind of running the show. A, a coach can sit there and preach whatever they want. They can yell whatever they want, but if the players don't buy in and the players don't hold themselves accountable to those things, it's going to be really difficult for a, for a school to be successful. And, 
I think NDSU does a tremendous job of, of passing it down through the generations from from players to players and, and, and coaching staff to coaching staff. Because when, when new coaches come in here, they don't try to reinvent the wheel. They kind of look at things that's going on and go, hey, you know, this is working. Why would I why would I want to change things at this point? And they've definitely seen that, you know, NDSU is, has has found ways to to win lots of football games by by doing the same thing over and over again and and by having guys buy in and having having the buys in family and and having that culture. And a lot of people will, you know, a lot of programs will put family or, you know, whatever on their on their t-shirts or in their locker room on their different things. And what I always say about NDSU is we we do preach family, but it truly is a family. When you come here you, you get to know all the guys, you get to know the, the past players, you get to know the recruits coming in. It, it truly is like a family at this place. And it's, it's truly different than, than any other place I've been to. And, and any other coaches, you know, when they, when they leave and go somewhere else, they're like, man, well, you guys have the NDSU is special. And, and it comes down to the coaching staff buying into what that culture is, the players buying into what that culture is. And it, it got established a long time ago. And it's something that we'll, we'll probably never leave NDSU. This time of year, maybe the last question about football, this time of year, even though I could ask so many, <laughs> how important an impact or how influential are previous players, whether they're part of the you know Bismarck, uh, excuse me, the Bison Players Association or, or, or you know, as guys come in and do kind of a pep talk, how, does, how meaningful is that and how influential is it? I think um, a lot of that stuff happens in the off season. Um, Coach Jens did a great job of, and really a lot of coaches have done a great job of bringing former players in and, and just talking about their time here, you know, their experience here, um, what helped them in their career, you know, advice to, to, to have or to help other, other players careers and different things like that. And, um, there, there's probably not as much this time of year. Uh, it, it's pretty in-house of, of just the guys that, that are that are around in that locker room, but they feel the support from from the former players from our BFPA group. Um, they, they know that they know that we're there and kind of counting on them. And it's, it almost gets to be one of those situations like you don't want to be that senior class that quote unquote let, lets the group down that that doesn't win a national championship. And it, it's a pretty high bar and pretty high standard that that's set at NDSU and. Um, you know, the, the, the former players, you know, try to hold that those guys accountable in, in, in that sense. Like, hey, here's here's what the standard is. If you if you come to NDSU, this is what is expected of you. And, and we've seen guys obviously hit the transfer portal lately and, and quit and do different things. It's because they don't fit the culture. They don't fit what's going on here. They, they don't fit into what what we have going on. It's, it's, it's not easy to play Division One football, especially for North Dakota State. Uh, it, it's one of the most challenging things anybody will ever do in their in their life, you know, athletically. And some people aren't looking for that. They don't want to be pushed that way. They don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be, you know, pushed to greatness. They want to just be complacent with 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 their talents and their abilities. And you know, they we, we've seen guys leave and go to other places and, and and be average. And that's that that's that's their choice, and that's what they can do. Do you have a favorite game memory from the time you were playing? Um, the Minnesota one was, was special just because it was back home in front of a lot of family. K-State was re really, really cool. But I, I think the one that tops it all is probably the first national championship. Um, just, just finally, you know, getting there. I, I remember the, the weeks in pre uh, preparation uh, up to that game were like two, three weeks off, whatever it was, we're, we're grinding. We're like, man, this is a lot of work. You know, we, hopefully we win this game, <laughs> you know, hopefully we get it done. And, and and to send that senior class off that did such a great job of setting the standard here at NDSU and and changing the program from from a couple of off years uh, to send them out as national champions and, and and do that for them was 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 a really cool uh, situation to see those guys 
you know, crying tears of joy at, at the end of it and hoisting a trophy and the fans storming the field. And heck, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just having a whole lot of fun after that game. And that was that was the one that probably helped me stick out the most. <laughs> Two funny things with you. The, that second gopher game, my wife, my daughter, myself, obviously there's a lot of NDSU fans there. We're surrounded by gopher fans. Our daughter, by the way, would eventually go to NDSU, graduate from there. She was in the band, the Gold Star Marching Band, four years, the last year, uh, a drum major. So she just was, she was all in, right? We are just being kind of abused. These Gopher fans were just nasty. But I got to tell you what, when the Bison were going to seal the deal and the game was over, the Bison were going to win, they were absolutely like a church mouse. All of a sudden, <laughs> they were just absolutely They couldn't even look at us anymore. And anyway, second thing, I, you know, I moved over from Bismarck and I was involved in politics there once uh, as the mayor. And I got to meet at a meeting in Indianapolis, the Frisco mayor, and his name was Mayor Mazzo. And the so it'd be this would be the 2014 football season. He's in the president's box, uh, President Brashani, and so am I. That, we, that's where we meet again. During the course of that playoff year, we're texting each other, and I finally said, "Hey, hey, the Bison are coming back." And I think I think the Bison had beat Sam Houston maybe that year too in, in the playoffs. And he said, good, I'm glad it's not Sam Houston because we don't sell near as much beer as the Bison are here. So we're, we're glad the Bison are coming back. So let's switch gears. You you went back home for a while uh, after graduating. Oh, I should add, by the way, so folks know this, that across the athletic board at NDSU, the GPA, the collective GPA is north of three points, 3.0 in every single sport, including football. So going back to what Cole mentioned, the academic advisors, that's a very important and big deal at NDSU. And we should all tip our hats uh, to that, by the way. So you you go to Northfield. What prompted you to say, I got to get back to Fargo? Yeah, so I moved back home after my senior year. Um I ended up tearing both the labrums and both my shoulders um, at different points in my senior year. So I required a couple different surgeries um, to get kind of put back together. Um, so it's just kind of easiest to move home, uh, move back in with the parents after after college, which was a little off, little off, wasn't the most fun. But I just, you know, I needed help, um, you know, post-surgery. I needed a place to kind of, kind of crash and regroup. And, um, you know, I, I started retraining again to, to, to play football, um, wanted to try to get back into football. Um, so I was working out in the cities, uh, doing some training, working there, working at the gym as well. Um, ended up signing a contract with the, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, for a little bit, went to camp, didn't work out. Um, and I was kind of back home just wondering, Hey, what, what, what should I do with life at this point? And all I kind of knew was football and training. And, um, I felt like Fargo had a need for, for an athletic facility for free young athletes. And, uh, I felt like I had a good niche in, into there and I, I felt like it would be something that I could give back to a community that gave so much to me. Um, NDSU supported me so much throughout throughout my career, and this community supported me so much that I wanted to do something for it. And and, and so I moved back to Fargo, um, opened up my gym. I think we had finally opened up March of 2016. 
um, and, and just had an influx of kids, which was which was so cool to to see and, and, and you know parents were trusting with their with, with their young athletes and their young children to to, to help develop with them and, and help instill um, some some good habits and, and and hopefully develop them into you know either a, you know a varsity athlete, a JV athlete, make the A team, make the B team, whatever the goal was, you know, or make it to college, whatever the goal was for the kid, help help them achieve it and. Um, it, it's been so cool to, to, to help so many different kids in, in, in this area. It's like, I have a, I have a bunch of young, uh, brothers and sisters in this area that I've, that I've got to meet and it's been cool to watch them go play high school sports. Some go on to college sports and, uh, it's, it's been a really, really cool transition over the last, um, you know, seven years here in Fargo. Cool. Talk a little bit more about dynasty performance training. If somebody goes to your website, they see the schedule, they see what, what, you, what you offer. Talk a little bit about exactly what you do and the best way for people to get in touch with you if it's not the website mm-hmm. and what their expectations might be. Yeah. Um, so we work with um, a bunch of, a bunch of athletes kind of middle school and up um, we, we kind of start each athlete based on their own ability. We're not going to throw a, a, a sixth grader into a squat rack and throw a bunch of weight on them and tell them to, Hey, let's see what you can do. And, and, and whatnot. We try to build programs customized to each athlete for, for their ability, what, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are and what they're trying to train for. And uh, we do that, excuse me, on the, on, on the speed side of things as well. So we do a kind of a, a speed and strength conditioning program for, for, for athletes and, I think we've honestly worked with every single sport out there. We've worked with dance, cheerleading, lacrosse, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, softball, um, pretty much anything you can think of. I, I've worked with an athlete in some capacity there, and it's it, it's been a really really cool situation to uh, to to have that ability and have be able to have that impression on on, on a young kid's life and, and hopefully steer them in a direction that uh, will make them a better person and a better athlete. And yeah, you can definitely go to our website dynastyperformancetraining.com. Uh, there's a contact us page on there. You can shoot us a shoot us an email, shoot us a phone a phone call, 701-532-0836. Uh, you can shoot me a call there too. And we, we do free free evaluations. Um, you can kind of come in. Uh, we can kind of get you an idea of, of, of where you're at with things. And we also, for, for people that are not in the area, we do online training programming as well. So if you need a program to do at, at your gym or at your you know high school, say you're, say you're living up in um, – you know, uh, up in an area that doesn't have any facility like like we, we have you coming from a small area, uh, we, we can definitely help you help help you out there. So, uh, speed, strength, conditioning. At, I'm assuming nutrition had plays some kind of role as well. When I was an athlete a long, long time ago, uh, I don't know that anybody paid much attention to nutrition. That's not mm-hmm. the case anymore. It it's almost automatic that you have to because you're competing against people that do kind of walk through how important that is number one number two do a lot of folks have to make some modifications because they already have maybe some less than favorable habits yeah no definitely uh i mean habits and and nutrition as well in the strength world i mean i've had juniors or senior football players that are big tall strong buff guys that think they know what they're doing that have some of the worst techniques and forms that i've worked with and and you got to rebuild athletes in certain different ways um and and some of them got most most kids and i know i did at the same time when i was probably a high schooler we, we got bad eating habits it's it's not always the greatest thing in the world and you know i i try to work with kids as much as possible 
um, and just try to get them in, in, you know, getting them some good ideas of like, Hey, this is what you should maybe have for breakfast. Maybe, you know, if you, if you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, whatever your goal is, Hey, I want, if you're really trying to gain muscle, you, you got to eat way more than you think you might think you're eating enough, but you're, you're definitely not. I, I thought in high school, I was eating more than enough food and I was struggling to put on weight and I was like, oh man, this is tough. I'm eating so much. And I got the NDSU and I figured out what eating really was with Jim Cramer. And I, I put on almost 36 pounds my, my freshman year. And uh, most of it was pretty good weight, but there was a little, a little bit of fat mixed in there, but I had to put some weight on, but it's just trying to educate kids and, and trying to get them some guidance of, 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 you know, better, better habits and better things. Cause I mean, most, most young kids, they're, they're going to have snacks. They're going to have candy. And, 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 and I, I encourage that stuff. You shouldn't cut that stuff out of your life. I mean, you gotta, you gotta enjoy life to, to some capacity as well, but it's trying to make the best, best choices overall and make sure you're hitting your protein numbers, your carb numbers, your calorie numbers if, for whatever goals you're trying to hit. Do you work with senior citizens like like old guys like me, or are most of them young athletes? Uh, we we have a range of everything. We do have an adult fitness program as well. Uh, I think the oldest athlete I currently have is seventy six right now. Um, so I think the youngest I worked with was like six. We didn't do a whole lot. They just they were, were more so coming with their with their older brother, and the parents wanted to tire them out a little bit. But we've kind of worked the whole the whole spectrum of things for sure. And you also have your real estate business, Dynasty Realty. Walk us through when you started that. How's I'm sure there have been t- times like in any form of selling, building a relationship, business is slow, business is booming. But when did you start it and how's it going? Yeah, I started a few years ago into real estate, something that's always really intrigued me, um, something I've always kind of wanted to, to get into and be a part of. And I just finally bit the bullet one day and got my real estate license and, and took all the, the certifications I needed to get to that point. And um, I, I guess my my work-life balance is probably un, in an unhealthy relationship for most of my life, but that's kind of all I all I really know when I went to NDSU, it just was work, work, work. And um, I kind of translated that into into my life. I, 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 you know, I have free time to do things here and there and whatnot, but I, I like to stay busy. I like to work, and um, you know, I just wanted to help people in the real estate world. Find, you know, find houses, sell houses, get into get into whatever whatever they're looking for, investment properties, you know, a starter home, you know, forever homes, retirement homes, whatever the kind of um, situation they're looking for, and. I've had some really good relationships with people and, and had some awesome referrals from awesome clients to, to continue to grow that business over the last couple of years. And um, obviously the market slowed down a little bit compared to where it was the last couple of years, but it's still been good. Uh, still chugging along. And um, I'm almost glad it slowed down a little bit because there was some craziness going on where you book a showing 12 hours after the house was listed. And by the time you got to go look at it, it was already sold. And you're like, Oh, that was, that was a waste of time, I guess. So it's a, it's a little bit more fun now where we actually get to kind of, kind of negotiate uh, terms and do different things. It wasn't as much fun before when you're, you know, just, Hey, we'll offer you whatever you'll take that we just really want this house. Now we actually have an opportunity to, to, to be competitive. We have an opportunity to, to negotiate, make, make up terms that, that are more favorable for our clients. And, and, and that's, that's what I like. I like the negotiation. I like that kind of stress of it. I like trying to represent my clients, get the best deal possible for them. And, and now that the market slowed down, there's a little bit more opportunity for that for sure. Yeah. Interest rates climbing that, Sometimes it slows things down just a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, people um, have dreams they want to fulfill, and when it involves their their lifestyle and their home, um, the, it, as long as they can afford it, it, sometimes the interest rate will be almost irrelevant. Yep. And the beauty is, is that 
we've gone through this before. If if you lock in when it's kind of high, when they go back down, you can always refinance and and, and take that burden off of yourself. Yeah. So, so let me. I'm going to go back to playoff football for a second because I, I forgot to ask you this question. The uh, uh, Bison get to the national championship game again. And shame on me for not knowing this. But when you're at the game in Frisco, you're not necessarily thinking about 1660. Do you go? Do you and the team go and cover the game? Yep. We so with radio, we travel to every game. Uh, so we've we've so for the last three years, I've, I've I've been traveling with the team, got to fly with the team, stay with the team. Uh, brings back the old memories of, of of the old travel days and whatnot, and the business trips and. Uh, it's a it's a really cool experience to to be able to to fly with the team, you know, the charter jets, to the meals and different things that they get to do. NDSU does a great job of of, of making sure their athletes are well taken care of on on, on road trips uh, in in that manner. But this would be if NDSU goes back this year, this would be my tenth tenth time in Frisco. I don't know how many people have been to all ten, but uh, I would be make I've, I've been all all nine so far, and I would be completing the completing the trip to get to the tenth one, and hopefully. Hopefully that happens. I feel really good about where the team's at right now, and maybe uh, maybe a rematch game with, uh, with 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 the team down south in Frisco would be a, a pretty fun way to win our ten. Well, I know my brother-in-law has been to all of them, and I, you 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 probably know that. Now, now back to um, the Dynasty Performance Training. It's DynastyPerformanceTraining.com. The real estate website, by the way, is Dynasty Dash realty.com mm-hmm. by the way why the name dynasty um it, it kind of goes in back to, to playing football at ndsu my, my third year we, we won our third championship and that was kind of was like okay it's, it's a dynasty here it is and um when i moved on to life i kind of wanted to make a, a, my life into a dynasty i had a really uh really uh, well accomplished athletic career and i wanted to have, have an accomplished um business and professional career and and, and develop that side of things so i kind of uh, kind of wanted to make my life a dynasty per se, and uh, that's why I went with that name. And I, I just kind of love the word and, and what it kind of represents, and uh, it's it's kind of just stuck with me ever since. That was so polite of you. You could you could have just said, "Mike, you're really stupid." I've just played I, I played football for a <laughs> dynasty. There's still a dynasty. There's two dynasties in college football: NDSU and Alabama. So mm-hmm. so why wouldn't I I use that name? So, so at Dynasty Performance Training. Do you have some students that you your goal is to track them long haul, not just to come in, you do a 30-day deal or a couple-week deal. You would like to work with them long-term uh, in terms of their overall performance and growth? Yeah, a lot of our athletes, honestly, will start eighth grade, ninth grade year um, with us, and we get them almost all the way through their their, their senior year of high school. Um, and it's a weird relationship because sometimes I'll see them for three months and I won't see them for six months because they're they're in season playing sports. Um, try to stay in, t- in 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 touch with them. I, I try to get out to games. I, I officiate hockey as well, so I'll see some of the athletes on the on the ice rink and and different things like that. But I, I always encourage every athlete to play as many high school sports as they can. I want them all to be three sport athletes. I want them all to play as much as possible because, in my opinion, there's nothing like high school sports. You get you get one opportunity to play high school sports. Um, don't don't specialize please don't 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 try to play one sport try to play as much as possible you only get those memories you only get those relationships one time um, and it develops you to be a better athlete so we see most of our athletes obviously during the summertime when when, when they're out of school probably the most 
Uh, we'll, we'll get some athletes in in between seasons for for a couple weeks or months. Or hey, if they're a two sport athlete, say they play football and they play baseball, we'll see them in the winter time as well as the summertime um, to to help develop them. And we try to track where they're at weight wise or track where they're at progress wise um, when they're not with us as much as we can. Um, but it's it's an interesting relationship where sometimes you know a kid will come back a, a year later or a summer later and you're like you grew four inches and put on 22 pounds. Like, all right, here we go. You know, you're hitting puberty a little bit. This is, you know, we can change the programs up, get more aggressive with things. And it, it's fun to see some of these kids grow up from, from being, you know, sometimes these kids are, you know, not making the 18 when they're in youth sports to also another stud athlete as a, as a junior in high school and they're, um, you know, playing varsity in multiple sports. It's, it's a really cool, a way to watch some of these kids develop and, and, and grow and, and to see their, their hard work be rewarded for, through recognition and, and as well as playing time. From your your playing time at NDSU, maybe before, but particular at NDSU, what are some of the uh, most valuable life lessons and life skills that you learned at NDSU that are transferable to your performance training business that you share with young athletes? Uh, one of the things I think that I always stick with me is, is Coach Bull used to always say they, they're not going to give us a plug nickel all, all the time. You know, that no one's no one's going to hand you anything. No one's going to give you anything um, in in life. It's 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 something you're going to have to work for. Um, and, and life isn't fair um, in, in a lot of different ways. I, I was fortunate to to be blessed to be six foot five. You know, it, it makes playing athletics a little bit easier being a you know, especially in my position to, to have some exercise. Some people aren't. Um, obviously gifted in, in, in certain areas of height, they got to work for different things and do different things. And, um, you know, I, obviously you, you got to learn that if you put hard work in, usually good things are going to follow with it and kind of trust the process through it. And i um, trying to tell these kids like, Hey, you know, you might be on the, you might be on the JV team right now. You might be in the B team right now, but if you put this work in, if you trust this process that we got set up for you, I guarantee you in, in, in two months, three months, four months down the road, you're going to be in a better position. You're going to be a better athlete. You're going to be a more disciplined person. If you follow the structure and uh, that, that's what I try to entail on them and, and, and kids that do stick with it and do follow with it, man. And, at the end of their training program before their next season, sometimes their coaches be like, you look like a different human or, you know, their mom's like, you know, our grocery bills up you know, a lot right now. They keep eating <laughs> and it keeps growing and, and it's really cool. And, and then just to see them go play and, and see the confidence they have when they get on the field and, and, or get on the rink or court, wherever they're playing, the, the confidence they have from, from, you know, trusting the process, from growing, from getting stronger, the confidence they get from the weight room uh, translates onto the, that field and, and makes them a better, a better athlete and a better teammate. That, that That's what we try to preach the most. And that's what I try to take from NDSU um, is, hey, if you put the work in, uh, if you trust the process with the guys, like good things are going to happen in the long run. And uh, that's what I try to carry on to everyone's day. Did you say you started Dynasty Performance Training five years ago? Uh, 2000, March of 2016. 16. So, okay. Yep. So coming up on six. Yeah, it is six. Do you have, uh, and I'm going to stick with football. Do you have athletes that have gone through the program that went on to play at NDSU or any of the local colleges that you're kind of tracking and following and say, Hey, that's my guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there's guys in the roster right now at NDSU in different, different areas. Um, we God, there's probably 20 plus kids right now at you know playing college athletics that 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 had the opportunity to work with and and and, and help nurture and help, help help bring along and uh, that that's a really cool when they when they get the college offers and, and and different things like that it's 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 a really cool experience and 
Uh, I, got, I got a lot of questions along the way of like, hey, how do we handle recruiting? How do we do this? How do we do that? And recruiting's changed so much from, from when I got recruited back in high school to to where it's at now. But I try to I try to tell the kids, hey, like go where you feel go where you feel valued, go where, where you feel comfortable, go where you feel loved. Um, you know, find find a school that has your academic program that you want to be a part of. Because if sports don't work out, you want to have that academic background to it. And and just trying to tell kids, it's not about trying to find the best place to play sports. It's trying to find the right fit for you and where you belong. And um, to see those guys still play high school sports, to have their accomplishments, get college scholarships and college opportunities, has definitely been a a really really cool opportunity for me. I feel like a big parent or big brother sometimes to to some of these kids and. Um, the smile on my face watching some of these kids play, it's, it, it's, it's really, really cool. The culture that you talked about earlier at NDSU, and then you also mentioned the transfer portal of some of those people, that it, they just don't buy into the culture or it's not for them, whatever the case might be. When you come across either through your your business or – your time on the sidelines and observing players that appear to be somewhat uncoachable because that not everybody is as coachable as they could. And I shouldn't say it that way. Not everybody's coachable. Mm -hmm. When when you see that, how do you try to address that with some of your, your athletes in a way to help them because that's so important? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a huge thing. I mean, I know as a, as a player, I maybe wasn't the easiest per person to coach at all times, um, especially when I first got got to college. I, you know, I think when everyone any Division One athletes when they dominate high school and go to a college level, they think they know everything. Uh, you learn really fast. You get humbled really fast that you don't know you, you don't know anything. <laughs> you know, you really don't. And um, it's the guys that adapt and figure that out really quick and, 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 and latch onto guys that know they can help bring them along instead of, you know, alienating the team or alienating themselves saying, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You know, the, you know, some of the most dangerous words you'll ever see uh, or hear a guy say is I got it. I got it. Cause most of the time they don't, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a really, really hard dynamic to, 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 to find that balance of, of being yourself and being the athlete you know you are but also buying into the system that that you're a part of and um you, you figure it out early on i mean at, at ndsu there's guys you know before the transfer portal there's guys that just quit the program every year you know there'd be five to ten guys every single year that, that would leave this program so people see hey five guys hit the portal it's, it's just different you just didn't know about you know maybe see five guys quit the team before you know not not a whole lot's really changed other than these guys are just transferring instead of instead of quitting football um or quitting NDSU. Um, so the, the, the portal is good and bad. It's going to bring good players. NDSU is going to take some players away at certain points. And, and, and it opens up opportunities for other kids. If if you don't feel like NDSU is the place for you, and it's and it's definitely not for everybody, then hit the portal. Find a place that does fit you, that that, that does fit what, what you're looking for. Um, you know, I don't... I don't you know, harbor any ill will against any of the kids that, that, that leave this program. It's, it's not an easy situation. It's not an easy place to play. Everyone has their own motives, whether it's family, whether it's playing time, whether it's just wanting to, wanting a fresh start, um, you know, and, and those kids will all get that hopefully, you know, but, but I think last year over 3000 kids hit the transfer portal in college football and only 40, 40% of them found a home, you know, and that's, that, that that's tragic to hear that 60% of those athletes, you know, didn't get to go play sports anymore. Don't, don't, don't go get, get a college opportunity anymore. And, um, kids got to be careful when they do hit the portal that they do have a, have a landing spot, maybe lined up or, or prepared to, to, to be done playing. Cause it's, it's, it's not an easy world out there and it's a doggy dog world. And, and, and every year, 
you know, NDSU or whatever college, whatever school you're at, they're recruiting players to replace you. Like, you know, you get here as a freshman the next year, they're trying to find somebody that's better than you to replace you with and, and, and take your spot. So it's, it, it's nothing's ever given to you in, in that world. And um, that, that, that's part of, that's part of athletics that, that on the college side and professional side that, man, it's, it's, it's not easy. You can't, you got to have thick skin. You, you can't, you can't take things personal because it's not, they're, they're trying to replace you. They're trying to replace everybody to put the best team out there possible. If you're the best guy, you're going to play. If you're not, you're not. So you love football. Do you, are you a professional football fan as well? Skull Vikings, baby. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. So with all the bison guys out there, how do you monitor your guys? If, well, the Ellison's on the Bison, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the on the Vikings. Yep. Okay. It's it's Vikings first for me. Um, okay. And then it's and then it's cheering the guys on. Um, I, I still remember my, one of my really good teammates, good friends, Kyle Emanuel, was playing for the Chargers, and they were playing at at the uh, TCF Stadium, at the Gophers Old Stadium, where the Vikings are at. And I was like, hey, I'm coming to the game. I'll see you after the game. And I'm wearing a Vikings jersey instead of a Chargers jersey. He's like, you couldn't even cheer for me. I'm like, I cheered for you not the chargers so um (laughs) it's hard it's 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 so cool to see so many guys out there and it it makes it makes professional football sundays uh so much different watching when you know some red zones on you're watching seven different you know ndsu players you know being a part of different games i always rooting for those guys like i hope and hope christian watson scores a million touchdowns but the packers never win a game is is how i feel (laughs) about it you know billy turner was there i say the same things to him and and whatnot i want the best for those guys but um I also want I want I want a Lombardi Trophy back in or in Minneapolis at some point in my lifetime. So I, I just, <laughs> there we go. By the way, Volson's having a great year, isn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah, he, he was down at the uh, at, at a game. What was that? Um, the last regular season road trip we had, Southern Illinois. Um, he, he actually stopped by the hotel. Um, he wasn't too far away, so I got to chat chat with him and check in with him. And he's he's an unbelievable person and and fun to talk to. And he's he's a really good football player and he's running people over in the NFL. And that's it's, it's so fun to see. It's so fun to see those NDSU guys have such great success. Joe Burrow owes him like a Rolls Royce. I mean, he <laughs> does a great job protecting him. He does for sure. <laughs> So I, I got to ask you this question. I'm actually going to ask you two more questions about Bison football. Shame on me. I said I wouldn't run good. So I lied. It's my podcast. <laughs> Your rules. The, you know, you see these commercials for the most mysterious man in the world or the most interesting. Is Cody the most interesting man <laughs> in the world right now? I see he's got a personality that just will not stop. I love that guy. Yeah, Cody's awesome. Uh, I, I think most teams need, just need a guy like that. You need a guy to keep the keep the room loose, but at the same time, he he runs a tight ship there. You know, he he keeps that leadership in a really good position, and uh, he, you can tell he's always having fun when he's on on the field. Um, that guy's been through a lot in his career, and um, the the before and after photos. I don't know if you've seen them with Cody, or you, you got to find take Cody's yearly picture every single year of his career. It's an unbelievable transformation from when he walked on to where he's at now, and. Um, I think he was like 200 and like 10 pounds or something when he first got here. Now he's like 300, 310, whatever he's at weight wise. Well, um, 90 of it's hair. Oh yeah. The, the, the hair he grew, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. His first down celebrations, um, his ability to play. Um, I think he's obviously a guy that has a really good chance to get drafted and hopefully have a, hopefully have a nice NFL career. Um, it's just cool to see guys like that grow up, especially North Dakota home, homegrown guys to, to, to grow up and, 
um, come here and, and put the work in and it shows that you put the work in, uh, the good things are going to happen and it definitely happened for him and he's having a great career and hopefully a, a better, uh, NFL career to follow. Yeah. My favorite catch in football, not the Minneapolis miracle. It, it there's a lot of them out there. It isn't Jefferson. It's not even Christian Watson. It's Zach raw. <laughs> you were on that team. I'm almost positive. When he made that catch, what was it like on the sideline? You talking about the one he caught behind, like a behind yes. the I, I call it the, the 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 most amazing catch ever made in the Fargo Dome. Yeah, Zach had unbelievable hands, absolute glue on his on, on his on his fingers. It, it, it felt like at all times. Um, you just see stuff like that, but it, it's what's crazy about that is is I think everybody had seen something similar to that in practice with him at some point before. Like I don't think everyone's like, "Wow, that's unbelievable," but nobody was probably in shock because they knew Zach could do stuff like that and knew he was so good. Um, but to see that in a game is is, is absolutely ridiculous, and um, <laughs> you just you just shake your head sometimes. You just watch that stuff and you're like, "Wow." That, uh, that I'm glad that guy's on our team. You know, it, it's kind of what you say. And uh, you, you just go, you, go, you look at him like that's, that, that, that's unbelievable. And um, yeah, the, the sidelines go pretty wild for stuff like that. But at the same time, everyone's like, that's, that's just Zach being Zach. That's what he does. Have you had an opportunity to try his ice cream from A to Z? <laughs> yes, that sounds oh. unbelievable. It's so, <laughs> and it's so good. Yes. I think he just increased his volume. I think he got a new facility with some, so he could make some more ice cream. And yeah, and didn't know he was ever going to get into that. He's he was doing the food, food blogs and stuff for a while, and now his ice cream. Yeah, you you, you got to have that stuff. Yeah, his mom bought him an ice cream making machine, and here we go. I mean, it, yep. uh, that's that's really really special. Well, as you start wrapping it up again, thanks, Cole. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me. I'll have all this information on our website, mikeseminary.com. What are the best ways, again, for people to reach out to you, whether it's for dynasty performance training or real estate? Do you share that information again? Yeah, for, for Dynasty, the business phone um, is 701-532-0836. Um, shoot, me a, shoot me a message on there. Uh, real estate-wise, you can shoot, or shoot uh, me a call or shoot me a text to 612-703-3411. Um, I'm pretty available at all times, um, uh, which was good. Shoot me a text, shoot me a phone call. If I don't answer, I'll get back to you as soon as possible with things. We can, we can set up, uh, trials for, for, for athletes, set up programs for athletes, um, you know, right away with things. And if you're looking to buy, sell a home, we, we can definitely get uh, estimates of what your, maybe your home is worth or, uh, get an idea of what the market around you, um, is able to do. And I, I do have licenses in Minnesota as well as North Dakota as well. Last question about thank you, Cole. Last question about six sixty buys and and your your radio uh, gig. Now, there's always preparation that goes into being ready for a game. It's it's different, for example, for a Jeff Colhane or wh whoever is doing the, the main uh, play by play. But how do you prepare? Here it is. This is a Thursday. We have a game tomorrow, and how do you prepare in advance of that? I'd say my preparation is is really week by week and, and um, kind of all the, the cumulative work of of the couple seasons I've done here now is um, it, it makes it easier when you don't have to learn the roster because you know all the guys from the year before type situation. There's a few young guys that that are going to pop up every year and you try to check in of, of, of how the young guys are doing, who's winning scout team player of the week, who who's maybe to look for coming coming forward. But um, there's not 
for me at this point, there's not as, as much prep as maybe early on in my career with it is because in, in my role in the silence, a lot of reaction to everything. It, it's trying to get the vibe of how the game, how the feeling's going, but, but knowing what's going on in FCS football, I follow FCS. I follow all the conferences. I follow all the teams. I'm checking scores at all times. If you, if you see me on the sideline, I'm, I'm probably on my phone looking at, looking at some score or some stat or, you know, following every stat of, of the game as it goes and, and taking notes and, and making sure I have everything prepared of, of, of how I want to go and how I want to um, be able to respond when, when certain situations happen. So it's a lot of it's reactive for me, but a lot of it's already just built up knowledge and built up from being around the program and then knowing how the, the program operates, which probably gives me a huge advantage over over most people that that don't have that that experience. By the way, as a, as a D line guy, have you know during your career and now your broadcasting career, have you seen a season where? So many guys on the D line via injury are are you got you know redshirt freshmen or sophomores now filling in and starting to do a great job. By the way, have you seen a year where it's been as prolific as this one? Yeah, I think. I mean, every year you get some some game teams or guys banged up, losing I think three four guys off the defensive line last year, and then having a couple guys get dinged up early this year wasn't definitely an ideal situation. Reminds me back maybe to early in my playing career where there's a couple old guys and a lot of young guys that are just hungry and, and wanting to play. And um, there's no better way to figure out if you can play football than than live bullets on on, on Saturday. And um, that that that's a group that was maybe struggling early in this year. Um, you know, probably led to some of our rush run defense issues as well as that linebacker group was was pretty young and and, and banged up as well. Um, and and both those groups have grown tremendously. You know, Grant Olson and and Nick Gazer have done a great job coaching the linebackers in in, in D line and uh, taking those guys to different heights. And I think we've seen that the last two Saturdays with this defense playing at a, at a much different level, much better uh, a much better ability of late holding teams to less points, less yards, and um, you, you always want to play your best football in December. And I think this team has been definitely coached in that direction. And, um, you know, guys, guys are always going to get banged up. Hopefully Spencer's feeling good. Sounds like he's good to go for, for, for Saturday here. And he's been the leader of that group. He's going to have to, and um, host, hopefully we get the, the most our back um, healthy, maybe, maybe a Frisco trip later this year. I know he's running around the field at this point. I don't think we'll see him this week, but uh, potentially in a national semifinal or a national championship game, that's a good time to, to bring one of your best defense alignment back. But it's going to be an exciting week. We got mm-hmm. uh, Bison. We got Vikings trying to clinch it at Detroit. And I know by the time people hear this, uh, they'll already know. But what the heck? It's a great weekend. <laughs> What's the last thing we should know about you, Cole? Um, just uh, appreciative of you, you having me on here. I, I love talking Bison football. I appreciate every all the support through, through my career of being a Bison athlete as well as my businesses. Anyone that's that, that's helped support me along the way, whether it's, it's it's spending money at the gym or buying a house with me or just sharing a Facebook post or a social media post, I, I appreciate all of it. And uh, I, I love Fargo. I love Bison Nation. And uh, thanks to, to, to everyone that supported me along my way in my journey. Again, Cole, thank you so much. If you have an athlete or you're an athlete that is in need of, and we all do, need some additional coaching and training, that's the place to go, dynastyperformancetraining.com. You can call call Cole at 701-532-0836. Go Bison, go Vikings. Cole, have a great one. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks, Mike. Bye. 